Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from our Torque Senior Leadership. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. Welcome up. He has a very good word for us tonight. Looking amazing. Look at this. This is my shirt. I gave it to him. Because it didn't fit me. But it fitted him. It was too small for me. But I'm getting him into Valua, okay? Hallelujah. Looking suave, pastor. Reach your hands forward and let's pray for him. Father, we thank you for Pastor Tony. Bless him on his anniversary, Lord. And thank you, Father, that even, Lord, last night he spent time with you getting the word for the saints and their season of this week and what you want to establish in their hearts. We thank you for this man of God, Lord, who takes his, Lord, role very serious. I'm a witness with administering the word. And we thank you that he keeps us in sound and good doctrine. We are safe and secure because of this man and his call. So now bless him. Let his words become your words. Let it speak and find the root and in due season produce the fruit that you've called it to bear. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. Funny that. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, saints. Um, I feel to share the same word that I gave the saints this morning. And uh, those who were here this morning, it's okay if you hear it again because it'll just get established in your heart. Lord has blessed me with 33 wonderful years as husband, friend, wife, and sometimes enemy of my wife. God has been very gracious to me. And uh, thank you, Pastor, for your love and your faithfulness and giving me a great family. I really appreciate that. But I also thought it would be a good time on our anniversary to talk about marriage okay and that's not coming from us believing that we've got it all together because the reason why it works is when we realize we do not have it all together and we need help hallelujah but uh, you get a little bit better at uh, the marriage thing as time goes by if you allow the holy spirit to make you teachable and malleable and You allow his cross to deal with flesh, okay? Now, I'm not sure if the tech team need me to bring the pulpit to the side again. Am am I okay with this, uh, team? That way. Let's do that. So I've got a quick PowerPoint presentation. Just put it where you... Am I good there? Yeah, he'll be good. 
Tim, could you bring that stand over here, brother? Just the... Yeah, that's good. Can you guys see that? Not really, right? Pastor's watching it on the net, so... Yeah. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians and his main... I don't know if he knew it, but the Holy Spirit's main purpose in this epistle was to bring the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. A couple of weeks back, I spoke about the unity of the Spirit and it's different to a spirit of unity. A spirit of unity is what manifested at the Tower of Babel where humanism and its compromises tried to make a unity that was, you know, um, empty of God, all right? And so if you need to understand a little bit more about the difference between, say, a spirit of unity or the unity in the Holy Spirit, you need to go to that uh, message two Sundays ago. Um, the world is still engaging in the Babylonian spirit of the spirit of unity. The United Nations is different um, faith systems, different economic systems, different governmental systems trying to squeeze themselves into some kind of unification. And it's just another tower that the world's building. Paul here talks about the unification of opposing cultures, people, and faith. And he starts by the opening sentence is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, right, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So his opening statement is, whoever is in Christ is on the first page of finding unity in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I also mentioned on that Sunday when I spoke on this that the unity of the Spirit is, is deeper than bloodline relationships. Okay? Your brother and sister who is part of your physical family can't, can't be as close as your brother and sister as in Christ unless they have Christ. If they have Christ, that's a double whammy. But usually bloodline relationships are based on everything else but Christ. And that's a very, very uncomfortable thing to say, but it's the sad reality. So Paul begins by dis, um, discussing how the cross unites in the Spirit Opposing people, Gentiles with Jews. Now, understand this. Jesus came first for Jews. He came first for Jews. He told the woman at the well, salvation comes from the Jews. And he was trying to offend her out of believing. He wanted to see where her faith was at. So... The, uh, the apostle says he, he broke the dividing wall of division, right? In his body now, 
Both Jews and non-Jews have access to the Father by one spirit. So he's united. He's, in a sense, he's given opposing um, races, Jew and Gentile. He's now taken that dividing wall away and he's basically saying when you believe on Jesus, it doesn't matter what your background is. Jews don't have privileges, but they do have an inheritance. Do you understand? They have to believe like you and I do, but it doesn't mean that they go back to no class at all. They have a, 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 um, a privilege in God, but not a justification in God. That only comes through the cross. Then, then Paul begins to talk about in chapter 3 and 4 the unity of the church, how certain people have certain gifts. Some are apostles, some are prophets, some are pastors, some are, are healers, some are evangelists, some are teachers, some are givers. Their job is to give. Some are gifted with tongues, interpretation. Whatever your gift is, it should unite you to your local church, not divide you. Do you understand that? So unity between Jew and Gentile and then unity of the gifts operational with the oversight of fivefold ministry. And that's what Dr. Robin and myself primarily do is we try and locate what your gift is and help you to find how it works in this church. You see? And if your gift goes beyond this church, it still has to contribute even indirectly to this local body. This is your local family as far as your spiritual walk is concerned, right? So unity between Jew and Gentile, unity in the church. And then in chapter 5, he discusses unity in the family unit. And so when we read these verses, please, if you're a husband, don't read your wife's verse. <laughs> and if you're a wife, don't read your husband's verse. I'm, I'm obviously joking, but don't use it as a legality. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Pause. Or a sealer right there. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church." For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Verse 33, 
Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And again, as I was telling the, uh, the morning saints, the, uh, the apostle here gives four verses to the wife, twelve to the husband. Because, not because it's imbalanced, the responsibility of the marriage is primarily the husband's. The responsibility of the family is primarily the husband's. Adam was created first and the Lord always went to Adam to ask to make an account for his family. He never went to Eve and said, what have you done? He called on Adam and said, what have you done? All right? And that's a big struggle in the modern society because the role reversals is, set, is seeped in so subtly. Do you understand? So on, on, the, um, on, on the day after our anniversary, I thought it would be a good time. Pastor, uh, you, I know you would, you would love this as well because um, you know, it, it helps us to uh, get what we have and share it and let it you know, overflow into the body. Um, we got we got this PowerPoint. Now, just a quick story. I I really had nothing last night, um, and I was seeking the Lord because we've been ministering to Sydney and other things were happening. And the Lord said to me, uh, "Why don't you dig into your archives of teachings?" Because I normally, when I write notes for my teachings, I archive it under a teaching file. And so I started going through the archives and. I saw this PowerPoint one and I thought, what's that? And uh, the Lord said to me, you need to share on this because of your anniversary. So I went, wow. So when I started going through it, I thought this is going to help some married and some potentially going to be married people at church. All right. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray that it gives people a godly perspective and a godly foundation that you may want to build upon as we teach more and as they go forward in their life in Jesus' name. So if we could have the team put up the first slide. I used to be a member of Minister's Fellowship International. Only two. Only two what? Oh, hallelujah. Didn't know what you meant. And uh, they, they were uh, very kind to give me this uh, PowerPoint as part of what they called our quarterly seed bag. And it's about 10 years ago now since they gave it to me and I've never been released to share it uh, until now. So love, sex and lasting relationships, God's prescription for a healthy home. Now, this is the last week of a five-week premarital course. But it's entirely up to Pastor Robin on whether this is going to become part of our curriculum here at Talk. Because I'll have to discuss with her some of the things we want to maybe pep up or some of the things that she may think need to be removed. But for tonight, let's go through these main points of the, of the, of the message. Thanks, John. On the left, we have, we, we have these models of relationships, all right? Now, get this. this. This was written about 15 years ago. 
So on the left, we have the Hollywood model of relationship. And on the right, we have God's model. So the first thing about relationships in Hollywood is to, they emphasise, first of all, find the right person. Right? And, and, and everybody knows this. Is this the one? Is she the one? Is he the one? When do I meet Mr. Right? When do I, when do I meet Miss Right? Find the right person. And so the emphasis is on the other person. Whereas God's model says be the right person. Did, do you get that? Because now the emphasis is on you're looking at yourself and you're asking yourself, am I reflecting Christ like I should be that someone would, would want to spend the rest of their life with me that way? Are, are we getting that? So, but you see this in the movies, you see it in the, in the soap operas, you see it in, in news, everything is based on that model. Be the right person. Be the single person, as Pastor has told us. Be the single person that God wants you to be so that you will be the married person that God wants you to be. Pastor, you come up whenever you have something to share. All right? The Hollywood model says fall in love. Now, where did the term fall in love come from? Anything with the word fall should raise a red flag. Because it means you're dropping into something. You know what? It has the connotation of you're totally out of control of your life. This is something you don't have control of. Your emotions, your sexuality, your preferences are taking control and you have fallen for a person. Looks like this uh, message is a little hot for some people. Now we know what's meant, but literally has that second meaning. You've lost, oh, I'm just overpowered by love for this right person. But see, the thing with the devil is you're never sure if it's the right person. You're never sure. God's model says, just make up your mind that you're going to love everyone. Walk up. Not fall in love. Walk in love. Agape in Greek means it's that unconditional love that only requires one very important thing, a decision. When Jesus loves on us, he decided to. Nothing you did drew him to you. That's what agape is. When we were yet sinners, unlovable, he still died for us. In fact, the Lord told through Ezekiel, he said to Israel, I saw you wallowing in your mother's blood, like just after birth, and I pitied you. And I washed you and I clothed you and I brought you to myself, says the Lord. That's the kind of love that God walks in. It's unconditional. 
potential wives and husbands, there are days when you're not going to be able to feel love. You're going to feel, I want to kill. And you're not going to let that take you over. You're going to pull back and I've made a decision. My love is going to be constant just like the Lord's. The Lord's love is constant. We up and down. I love you, I love you, I hate you, I hate you. I love you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. I believe you, I don't believe you. I believe you, I don't believe you. But he says, my love is always there. It's that anchor. I forgive you, I don't forgive you. So walk in love. Now, saints, if you're married, we need to etch this up. But if you're not, we need to start this up. Okay, make this the emphasis. In the world, it says, set your dreams and hopes on the person that you think is Mr. or Mrs. Right. This is the one. This is the answer. It may start that way. The novelty of romance is wonderful. But a week, a month, a year into a marriage, the novelty wears away. You're waking up with someone whose breath isn't so nice, who is not so tidy, and I'm talking on behalf of, like, the wife of the man. You've seen habits. When you're living with someone, you see things that you don't normally see when when you're not married. And I say married because marriage is a a dynamic that brings out whatever is in here, marriage will bring out. Okay? If you're a little selfish as a single person, you're extremely selfish as a married person because you're thinking of you instead of your wife or husband. And then when kids come along, that's even accentuated more because you've got less time for self. See? So on the kingdom side, you set your hopes and dreams on God and his will. God and his will is what you set your hopes and dreams on. Right? Yes, the triangle method. Jesus is the middle and the focus and then everything works. And Nate's going to share more about that. In his course. Then number four, if failure occurs, right, Hollywood says, well, find another right person, fall in love again and put your hopes and dreams on that second person. Now, Pastor and I and Nate were in Florida during the revival in Pensacola and I don't know if you remember this man, Rob. We, we were befriending him and his wife. This was his fifth wife. He was a believer. He was on marriage number five. And I remember Pastor and I talking about it. I said, Rob, he's on his fifth wife. I think he needs to get the message by now. Something's not right. Why? Because as, he, as a believer, he was modelling this model for marriage instead of this model. He kept looking for the right person, falling in love and setting his hopes and dreams on her instead of Jesus, his Lord and Saviour. 
And if failure begins to occur in a Christian marriage, repeat one, two, and three. Same thing. Be the right person to your spouse. Walk in love unconditionally and set your dreams and hopes on what God has revealed to you about your marriage and your future. And it'll work. Everybody agree? Is this helping anybody? All right? Married and unmarried, this is by the grace of God. This is what we need to raise the bar to reach on the right. God's model. Thanks, John, for the next one. Model of a binding relationship. Hollywood's model is first physical attraction. Ooh, she's hot. He's cute. Even in the church, some people say, ooh, that pastor's cute. Ooh. And sometimes... Him or her is married and they're still saying it. God's model is first a spiritual attraction, a spiritual dynamic. Everybody's looking, oh, the fun's being taken out. No. If your concept is fun, in fun is only a physical attraction. You're not in a good place. All right? An emotional bonding. Oh, they make me feel so good about myself. Right? Nate's saying text, text, text. <laughs> on, the, on the kingdom side, how are you at church with people? Do you let people in? Do you share your life with people? Yeah, this is really, really important because it's like in a natural family. There's siblings. If there's, there's mum and dad and there's siblings, how do you get along with your siblings? Is it all about you and the family or are you a team player? Are you for the family or does the family have to just be for you? So the way you have connected socially in relationships with your local church Primes you for marriage. Now, I'm not saying God can't find you a a partner, a spouse outside of talk, but I'd like to believe that he could connect some people in talk and bring them in if he has to, right? Because we're growing in so many ways. Psychologically, you may be different in so many different ways, but your soul connection has to be through the Holy Spirit, not through hyper-emotion, okay? That's why there's a lot of marriages with love-hate, love-hate, love-hate variations, and it really damages the core of the marriage. Hollywood puts your social... Connection as number four. So it's almost as least important. And last of all, your spiritual connection with that person. I'm going to be very straight. A Christian cannot marry a non-Christian. Full stop. Period, I should say. We say full stop. Period. 
And the reason, the reason for that is the spiritual connection will have to go to the back of the room. If you're going to marry a Muslim, a Hindu, an atheist, and even a religious Jew, yes, Jews without Jesus are more heathen than Jews with Jesus because all they've got is religion. I'm not saying that to be nasty or derogative, but they're serving a God of religion because Christ Jesus is Messiah, right? So please don't tempt yourself and even be in that ballpark when it comes to looking for a potential husband or wife. Don't torment your soul. Because I'll tell you this much, when the kids come, that non-believer will, will refuse to raise them up as believers. It'll have to be an absolute act of God's mercy and grace. Think about that. Remember, every decision we make is going to affect our kids. Even if you don't have kids yet. They're in your body. You were in Adam when he sinned. You and I. And again, the emotional bondage is number five over here. And the physical side, sorry, one, two, three, no, four and five. Now, believers would look at that and say, oh, wow. So I'm going to marry someone I'm, an, I'm not attracted to. Did I say that? Christian marriage is going to be boring. Well, what's the opposite of your boring? Why do I say that? We have been conditioned through pornography, through Hollywood movies, through the news, through these different religious connotations that come in through Hollywood. And because we watch it so much, we think that's the way it is. The, the point I'm making is the men and women in the Bible were totally attracted to each other. Now, admittedly, Jacob had a bit of a favoritism problem with Leah, but she was not unattractive. It's just that he met Rachel first and that connection was not primarily in the spirit. I'll give you my spin on it, right? Because the Messiah came through Leah. And I don't know if you know this, but Rachel was an idol worshiper, part-time, right? She stole her father's idols when she left Laban's house and she hid those idols in a chest and pretended she had her monthly cycle so her father wouldn't find her out. You see? And so, you know, there's... Isaac adored Rebecca. Abraham adored Sarah. Sarah was so beautiful, men, that Pharaoh wanted her for his wife. Rebecca was so beautiful that Ahimelech, the king of the Philistines, wanted her for his wife. Remember that story? He saw Isaac and Rebecca cuddling and Ahimelech said, you lied. You told me this was your sister. She's your wife. 
Remember that? So please get the devil's lie out of your head. You're not going to be married to someone that you're not attracted to. But you have to ask the Holy Spirit to develop the right kind of attraction. You've got to be delivered of this side before you can fulfill this side fully. Do you understand? And so I will say this much. It's way down here because in the redemptive part of grace, before the fall, Adam and Eve were not possessing a sexual drive that is like we have post-sin. I was telling the morning saints, and I, be, I really believe this because I've studied Genesis pretty, pretty much. Before the fall, we've, we don't have an account of Adam and Eve consummating their marriage. All we know is that the Lord presented Eve to Adam. He called her Eve and he said, she is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. The next verse should have been, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived. But we don't have that. And I really believe before the fall, the sex drive was not as powerful as it is now. See, when you're living out of your spirit, the natural things go to the back. She was attractive. She was beautiful. He could say, yeah, whoa, man, you know. But because his relationship with God was so fulfilling and they both had the same relationship with God, you know, he wasn't always dragging his wife by the hand and going into the bedroom every night. And I'm talking straight. Post the fall, they were doing it more regularly because the Lord said to Eve, I'm going to greatly increase your desire for your husband and your conception. So we know that after the fall, Eve began what we call the monthly menstrual cycle. And that's why blood is shed. Something dies. Before the fall, no blood was shed. We don't even know if she had a monthly cycle. But that's for another time. What I'm saying is, when you're doing spiritual, social, psychological and emotional, the physical will fall into its proper place. It won't be removed. It'll be in its proper place. Paul says... If, you, if you're fasting and praying, then you need to agree not to come together lest the devil get in. But after you finished your spiritual journey, he said, come together again so you're not tempted. So he was telling the Corinthians, this is not eliminated, but it has to come into, pers into the pers perspective of what God in the relationship is doing. All right, let's move and then we'll begin to close. Next, next one. Is, it, is this helping everybody? Now, for those who are unmarried, if God doesn't spare his son, right, and he gave him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us our marriages? All things here is pertaining to your future marriage. To the ones who are unmarried, 
I often say this, and I, I know Pastor would agree with me. I, the, the Holy Spirit assumption is that you are to be married unless the Holy Spirit has specifically giving, given you the gift of being celibate. This is what the Lord meant when, when the, the apostles asked him um, about divorce. And the Lord really gave them some really strict um, instructions about whether a divorce is recognised by God or not. But then he said something really important. He said, there are men who are made eunuchs by men against their will. There are men, right, who are born eunuchs. In other words, that's their gift from God. They were born with this gift not to feel like they need to be married. Okay? Now, I believe as the end of days continue to come, there will be men and women who know they're called not to marry. But that will be made clear by the Holy Spirit to them. Men are the 144,000 in Revelation. They're virgins. They never get married. Their sole purpose for life is preaching the eternal gospel. Now, I've had people come to me and, and say, oh, pastor, I feel like I've got a call as a eunuch. I said, give it a couple of months. <laughs> and sure enough, they'll come back three or six months later and say, you know what I said about being a eunuch? Can I cancel that? I say, yeah, sure. I didn't take you seriously anyway. Seriously, because they're, they're zealous for God. They want a relationship, and that's good. I wouldn't quench it. I'd say, okay, let's see. Let's, let's give it a few months, see if you're as zealous in a month or so, right? But God wants you married unless Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, specifically gifts you with celibacy. Um, I don't know if you know the, the singer Cliff Richard. You, wow, the British... No one knows Cliff Richard. Yeah. I like small speakers. I like tones. You don't, never heard that song? Wired for sound. You've never heard Wired for Down? Wired for sound? All right. He was a hugely popular solo artist in, in, in the UK and Australia. Obviously not in America. <laughs> And he was quite a, a good-looking young man, but he became born again in his, in his mid-30s. He's like Carmen, British style. And um, he never got married. He's in his 70s now. He's never been married because he believes the Lord gave him the ability to be celibate. Okay? And, uh, you know, they always throw that all-is-he-gay kind of thing. It's a lie. All right, last slide. Is this the last slide? Two more. All right, let's quickly go. God's vision for our relationships. God envisions that we give and receive love on a human level. This relationship is supernaturally parallel to and a mirror image of our relationship to God. How we love people and how we let people love us reflects our relationship with God. Remember the cross is vertical and horizontal. It's this way and then this way. 
John, uh, James makes it clear, you can't just say you love God and treat your, your brother badly and not love your brother or your sister. It's got to be a double-edged sword. God desires that we understand and experience pure and healthy sexuality according to his plan, a plan which is better, deeper and richer than the world could ever imagine or mimic. Now, the reason why we put that point down is don't go into your marriage with all of those preconceived ideas about what lovemaking, what emotional connection, what attraction is. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind in that area. It's so important. Now, I shared again this really intimate part of our premarital counselling. When a man and a woman come together to consummate their marriage, we tell the man, concentrate on what gives your wife pleasure, not you. Wow, there's a big silence here. (laughs) And we tell the potential wife, concentrate on what gives your husband pleasure, not you. That's the whole dynamic of marriage. I am surrendering to you. You surrender to me with Christ in the middle. And you're not to do in the bedroom anything that you or your spouse don't agree to. Make that a bottom line. You got it? And if you have any questions about that, you're going to have to talk to Pastor and I before you get married. But don't let your pornography past or your romantic Hollywood movie past get into that bedroom. The bedroom is holy. Guess what? God created sex, so you're not surprising him. All right? You're not surprising him. Guys, whose idea was sex? God's. God's. And even the sexual act should be a reflection of the oneness between Christ and his church. And I'm not being, you know, what's the word, crude. I'm talking about a spiritual reality. It's like Jesus saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Is that what he literally meant? No. Obviously, he was trying to explain a spiritual dynamic and the apostles eventually got it. All right, last slide and then pastor is going to come and give us a beautiful testimony. God envisions a relationship based on covenant commitment whereby we would go through life sticking together in the good, in the bad, in the gains, in the losses, when we're good to live with and when we're not. All right? And there'll be days when, you know, you feel like you might want to run away, but that will simmer down. All right? This is why we, the first, the first emphasis in the first slide was be the right person and then walk in love. God envisions marriage to be the relation in the relational context of procreation. This is perhaps the most significant element of a God-like expression of the marriage relationship. He, he created sex so that he would have many sons and daughters to procreate. He created that whole dynamic. And like I said, Adam and Eve didn't procreate before the fall because that was right at the back of their list of things to do. 
And again, because of the Western culture, sexuality has been elevated too high. You know, we used to travel to Singapore a lot. Remember, Pastor? And we, we, we were praying for, and sometimes in one meeting we've had, we've had 20 barren women come up for prayer. But to our surprise, some of them had been married six months and not yet come together with their spouse. Because the culture there is so work and success oriented, they don't have time for that. I do not exaggerate. It has the highest infertility rate in the world. Singapore. Get up, go to work, make your billion. That's the emphasis. And that pressure, and even when they do come together, the wives aren't getting pregnant because they're so stressed out. So think about that, right? Does God want you to have kids? Of course. He wants you to have kids. And again, we talk about how to regulate that before you get married. So guys, I'm wrapping up. Is that the last one, guys? Number five, God envisions that the married couple would enter into a partnership with him to rule and reign on this earth, a unified partnership focused on fulfilling an eternal purpose larger than themselves. Now, those of you who've known us for a few years, we let you into our lives. Our family is not just about the Cassis house, right? Some of you have seen us when we're relaxing, when we're manifesting, when we're rebuking, when we're blessing, when we're counselling. It's a privilege to watch us in the house. And so we're, we're trying to set boundaries, all right? Because every family needs its boundaries of privacy. But you can't just be about yourself. I can't just make the Cassis house about the Cassises. Or I strike off the social part of that list, number three. How are you connected socially with your local body, the church? And so there are people in this room tonight who may not know others who are in the room very well. Ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to know them a little better. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them, right? Get to know them and leave it like that. Don't get all spiritual and prophetic and start ministry. I'm serious. Get to know them. How's work? What do you do for work? What bugs you? What blesses you? Do I bug you? You get it? Build something. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you. I know this was short and sweet, but I believe between the three of us, we could maybe develop it into something that would really f- make you feel confident of, and, and that when you do get married, you're equipped to let the Holy Spirit make it work. All right? So, Father, we thank you for that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm going to bring the, the pulpit over here again, and then Nate and Pastor are going to testify about our house. Oh, my cord's dragging. Hallelujah. Um, Pastor, that was great. 
Thank you for deprogramming us. Can you bring that slide back up, um, the first slide? I'll give you a little insight to the marriage course that I'm doing right now. Next one. Um, this one here. I don't. What the world puts emphasis on. There's a plan behind that. Getting you to become one with someone is Satan's biggest way of cursing you. And I think we have to realize that the enemy doesn't like spending time with us. We think that he's always around us. No, he wants you to kill yourself. He doesn't think you're worth his time. So he'll get you to join with someone physically. He'll get you to take on a mindset so you kill yourself. See, the Holy Spirit wants to live in us, with us, cohabitate, coexist, relationship. Satan doesn't want relationship with us. He just wants to get away with, to do away with us. So we, do, we said this in a counseling session this week. I think we think that the enemy is, you know, oh, he's always, a, like, his main job is to program you so you do it to you. And physical attraction to the wrong person is one of the biggest ways of him introducing things into your generational line that were never there in the first place. Because you become one with someone and the moment you become one with them, all of their sin just got put into your family tree. So, I, I, you know, like you have to realise the tactic of the enemy. You think it's all about, you know, the ushy-gushy feeling and the attraction. He's got a bigger plan on hand, you know, because he's looking at how he can just demoralise your family line and rob you from that inheritance. Oh, okay, so if I get you to sleep with this person, then you give me, okay, you take on that characteristic, you take on that generational sin. But this is why it's so important because the Lord says physical is the last thing because he wants you to develop all of these things. So how they said it in my marriage course was you should be so close with the person that the only thing left remaining is to be one with them in body. Oh, very good. You should be so close to their mind, you should be so close in heart, that the only thing left you can be close to them in is body. And that's how God wants it done in a secure, committed relationship. Because committed relationship says, I've got to know you for all of your other parts, now I'll get to know you physically. But the world says, no, go to the physical attraction. I'm going to be real. See if you like sleeping with them. See if they're a good kisser. And then if they're a good kisser, maybe you'll get an emotional bond with them. And then if you have something in common, you know, like at least like, you know, I'm going to give you a statistic, at least 60% of relationships have nothing in common. I think it's called try. Literally. Before you buy. And guess what? I'm telling you as a married man, if you have only physical stuff in common, it runs out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You can't sit down and have a conversation with that person and engage your heart and your mind. Yeah. Baby, it is very, very lonely. 
Okay, so this is why we, the Lord wants to bring an emphasis to how he does relationship. And then the world says, okay, yeah, if you get to it. We'll get to the spiritual. We'll get to the end. spiritual. If you get to it. Yeah, we'll get there in the end. If you get to it. And this is if why. If you get to it. This is why Satan invents depraved forms of sexual union. Because it has to keep you hooked. And what keeps you hooked for one month, you feed it, it won't keep you hooked. So you've got to get more depraved and more perverse. And that's how the world does it. And then you start trying other things. But go back to the first slide because this is important. This statement. Again, they said this in my course. Fall in love. Who fell? Satan. Satan. He Falling fell. into something is not from a God model. It's a Luciferian We're model. We're not called to fall We're into We're not called anything. to fall into anything. We are called to choose to walk into it. That's right. And okay, so you don't fall stop. in love. Because then if you choose to walk into something, you're accountable for what you walk into. Do you get what I'm saying here? Oh, I You're fell in love with that person. This, 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 this form of emotion just overtook me and I couldn't control myself. Bull. <laughs> you chose. You chose. It's coming up. But we've been bull. taught by Hollywood, you know, you go see those rom-com flicks, you know. Come on, BET, let's go there. All of these sitcoms. Tyler Perry's model of marriage is not a healthy model. Sorry, got to say it. Good. You can say you're a believer all you want, but if you're teaching all of this emotional soul ties, it's nonsense. That is not how God does relationship. God doesn't do relationship. Oh, you know, I'm, my, my man better be this, my man better be that. Why don't I give you my list? What if God gave you a list? You know, in this, I, got a, I used to love the song, but this Destiny's Child catered to you. I know how to keep my man. No, that is not God's model. That is not God's model. How you cater to your man is you trust the Lord. Seriously, come on, let's get real. These, these demonic models that we've been given. But see, we gain confidence in that. Oh, I can keep my man. Oh, I, I know how to treat a lady. No, 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 no. That is not a model that is reliant on the spirit. See, it's the triangle method. As you grow towards the Lord, you will grow together. If you look at each other as the answer, you will collide head on. You never make that period. Because you were never made to be put in a position for someone to put all their hopes and dreams in you. Because that's worship. That's and idolatry. Any time the idolatry. human frame takes on worship, they fall. Look, guys, that's idolatry. Don't idolize anything. Let even marriage, not children, that's idolatry. 
And if you believe your partner or the one you, God has given to you is going to be your answer, you're in for a very big fall. Because they're going to fall. They're going to fall. So if you're looking at them, guess what? You're going to fall. You get your eyes on Jesus Christ and keep your eyes on him and him alone. And, Pastor, you brought out that sex. Let's talk about sex. Oh, Jesus. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Sex was created by God as a part of showing us the marriage ceremony of the Lamb of God. So how many lambs of... How many... How many partnerships have we had in our lives that we don't get down on this floor and repent immediately for involving ourselves in so many relationships that was only supposed to be one? And you're still fighting to get your soul back. Why don't you run to the altar and repent? Everyone that's taken on any sexual relationships with male, female, anyone, go and get it right before God. Get it right. Because I got some news for you. Dr. Bill Hammond, my mentor, said, the prophetic word of the Lord, he's coming to make an account in the month of April. There's not much time That's next before week. April comes. So I'd say run to the altar and begin again. Because I know one thing, the devil wants to take marriage down. We have to forgive. God forgives us. But you've got to get it under the blood and fast. Because there's not much time. When Pastor made that statement, this is a prototype of the relationship between us and the bridegroom. We've had a lot of prototypes going on in our lives. I have, but I put mine under the blood years ago, years ago. I have one husband, one friend, that's all I want. That's the only one I want till he comes. I'm telling you, you can't preach a message like this without repentance falling. You can't. And part of the repentance needs to be your picture. Giving up the picture of who taught you. Yes. Now, I say Tyler Perry because there's big, and I'm saying not just him, it's not a race thing, ABC, NBC, Hallmark. Come on, the Hallmark movies. PB. Of the happily P&N. ever after. We know who p is, don't we? Prince Charming. The great pedophile network. Come on. This is what it's taught us. 
Every this... culture is being affected by an ungodly model of marriage. And that's why you can't be single. Mm. Because you've opened yourself up and woke up before time. Put yourself back to sleep and enjoy being single till God makes you married. Yep. Like that movie, Never Been Kissed. Guess what? He doesn't want you kissed. I got to tell you these things, guys. Until you're with that person, you should stay. You should stay at Never Been Kissed. But you go see a movie like that and it stirs something in you. Come on, be real. Pastor brought all this out tonight. This is the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm just saying these are the titles that have shaped our vision and our picture. We think, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that's a cool movie. Well, you know, I watched that show. No. That is your idol of what you think it should be like. And every relationship you try to adhere to that, you try to apply those techniques, you know, and it doesn't work. It does not work. And guess what? Everybody that's living according to those models is either divorced or cheating on their spouse. Or having ministerial mates in the church. Serious. Come on. Mm-hmm. It is Do we not have any ministerial mates that we like better than our past, our fa- husbands or our wives? Well, then tonight's the night before the altar. You go and you put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you prophetically from the Lord. I didn't ask to come up here. He brought me up here, but I am going to give you the word of the Lord. I'm not going to give you something to tickle your ears. Come on. That's why we love you. And let's talk about that for a second. Ministerial mates. Jesus. You can have friendships as a married person, but there should be no one that you tell your heart to more than your your spouse. And if you have been privy to friendship in a way that pulls a person away from their spouse, you need to repent. Because what God brings together, let no man separate. Heavy word, but you need to hear it because you're not doing yourself a service. You are offending the Lord if you stand in position. And honesty here. The altar is open. Let me tell you this. I don't want to know what you're talking to the Lord. Let me tell you this from the Lord. You offend the Lord if you try to take the position of a husband or a wife. I'm talking about female friends with females, males with males. Do not offend the Lord. If someone comes to you and says, I can't talk to my husband about this, I need someone else, you need to say, you know what? I am not going to be an ear for this. You need to go and get it right with your husband or wife. Do not use me as a ministerial mate. Because that is Satan's way of slowly whispering to them, ah, that person understands, understands me more. Me more. 
Oh, I can be myself with that person. I haven't been yeah, able to be myself with my wife. I haven't been able to be myself with my husband. husband. My own wife. But this nope. one understands me much more. Nope. It's on the same wavelength. That's not true me. because he puts you with them because they understand you more than anyone. And if you don't remember that, you're in dangerous territory. So the ministerial mates is a big thing in the church. Full of it. And we put it under the guise of ministry. It is not ministry. No. It is an ungodly soul tie. Always leads to sexual And I've fallen activity. into it myself. I will not let myself talk with you, well, any yeah. one of you, about what I don't talk with my wife about. That's right. And if I find myself opening up to you more than I open up to her, the Lord says, check yourself. And I can tell you for a fact, I'll knock him down if he tries. Sure does. And pastor That's doesn't my do it. son. I will not allow pastor that doesn't to come in the church. Talk to me. Nope. And we're very close. I sit at her feet all the time. Nally's a witness, but there's a line. And she says, nope. I'm not going to lean on you. You're not going to be my pseudo-husband in this. You're my son. He's my husband. Very hard because we're so close in ministry. But she does not treat me as a pseudo-husband or a ministerial mate. And thank God she doesn't because I can't handle that. I'm not built to be her husband. I'm built to be her son. But you've got to think about it because a lot of us think we can do things that we're not built to be. And that's happened in a lot of your families. All the time. That's why a lot of families have been divorced. Oh, my, you know, you talk to your, your uh, the mother talks to the daughter more than he talks to the husband. And the husband talks more to the son than he does his wife. This is out of order, totally out of order, totally. So I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this is a nice idea. I'm telling you get your sexual activity under the blood of Jesus tonight. Get it under the blood between you and God. You walk outside this door, you might get hit. Get it under the blood and forgive one another should you need to be forgiven or to forgive. It's a heavy word, but it's a good word and we need to do it. We need Maybe to do it. For a of That's right. Maybe God is starting to prepare you for a season of marriage, but you need to get this cleaned up before anything can come in to be for that. You can't take that sort of garbage into a marriage. You can't take that sort of garbage and bring children into that. There has to be cycles broken. Cycles broken. There has to be an inherited curses broken. But you have to participate with the Lord, the Holy Spirit in this. You have to participate. Before I can tell you anything about what's happened with my home and all this, I have to first tell you this. 
This is what God wants to talk about tonight. Walk out of this room totally clean. Totally clean. I don't know. Are you used to putting things under the blood? Or do you think God just turns his eye? Let me tell you something before the Lord never turns his eye. Always ready to forgive, but never closes his eye to sin. Never, 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 never. If you're not used to putting things under the blood, all I can say to you right now, it's there, it's available. God will throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. You'll remember it, but he won't. But as long as it comes under the blood. Do you not remember that little um, uh, drama thing that we had here? It's, it's not. What were the words that Anders said as, as Lord when he stood there and he was the Lord? What did he say? It was last um my blood did not cover this. It was not atoned for. It is not automatically atoned for unless you put it under there. Now, you are believing a lie and you are cutting short the cross of Calvary if you think it's an automatic thing. Jesus never did an automatic thing ever. He had to pay the price. So if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Pastor? He shed his blood, but you've got to get under it. I think Pastor is actually, as a prophet, she's asking you to come forward. Yes. I'll take you over the edge. Not just about sexual relationships, textual relationships on texts you're sharing texts with someone that are intimate details in any way you need to repent yep the world calls it what is it sexting right no, sexting. sexting or anything emotional again that is a soul tie that has to be repented of look I don't know what you would come for but come, come and make it a habit of putting everything under the blood every day. I put everything under the blood, everything under the blood every day, afresh every day. And I receive new mercies every day. Precious Jesus. Between you and the Lord, my brothers and sisters, it's wonderful that you would want to do this. That you would want to do this. Guys, you can come up on the stage. You don't have to stay. If there's no room, please come up on the stage, Zion. Come up, start a new role up here. Good. Come on, up on the stage. Take up the stage.
Take up the stage. Take up the stage. Make a row so they can go up on the stage. We're not putting you on, on view. This whatever you're doing is between you and God, but get it under the blood. 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 Come on, guys. Look, this whole thing. Put a cross up there, please, John. Put a cross up there. That's what we need to kneel before the cross. Keep up. Come on, I'm making room. Go up. Don't be ashamed. Come fill this stage. Don't hide in the back. Because he's already seen everything. Get it under the blood. Put it under the blood. Get it under the blood. Because he can't look at sin. But he can forgive. All the way up the hall and the aisle, go wherever you want to. Between you and your Lord. Lord bless them. Lord bless them. Bless them with all you. All of them, Lord. Pastor, just go round and bless every single one of them. Nathan, play love story. The blood of Jesus which speaks better things. Better things. We want you to be able to receive all the good things from God. But Satan's a legalist. He's a legalist. He'll be looking for legal grounds to hold on. He looks for legal grounds. If you've been watching things you shouldn't have been watching, get it under the blood. If you've been doing things you shouldn't have been doing, get it under the blood. If you've been saying things you shouldn't have said, put it under the blood. Sing it for me, Nate, please. The greatest, the greatest is his love. Just let it fall on you and wash you fresh. Thank you.
God loves you. He doesn't want you to carry it any longer. He wants you free. Totally free. So you can learn to forgive. Learn to forgive, guys. Learn to forgive. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We do know. We do know. He paid the price for forgiveness. But go to him. Put it under the blood so it can be forgiven. Sing it, please, Nate. Drown out the devil trying to stop them. From the start in your plan Was a great love then The soul could see But still you choose To beckon me With the sound of your voice With the fullness of your touch You reach out Past the noise And you pursue me Greatest ever told The love story Of Jesus Christ and his bride And you paid the ransom price so that I could be called your bride. Yes. This love story you wrote, the greatest ever told, it keeps unfolding, unfolding, because I am yours. And you are mine And this is what you had in mind The whole time This eternal cause To be called your bride And this is what you had in mind The whole time Story of love Story of love I will stand and I will watch At the doorpost in the night Lover away cause there's no space that will ever divine. Once you've done you it, go back. You're clean. If you've truly put it under the blood, it's been cleansed. 
So that I could be 
love story the greatest love story is between Jesus and his bride devil's not too happy about what took place today because blood was covering things that needed to be covered That's right. I've already done it don't worry I've done my portion It is not good to have sex before marriage. You ruin your entire life. Now you put it under the blood, whatever it was, whether it was any of those things or whatever he showed you, it's now you will learn to forget and forget it but God's already thrown it in to the sea of forgetfulness. That's the God we serve. He is so forgiving, so forgiving. Get the blood covering every day. I never go anywhere without being covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. He provides it for you, for that very thing. So you don't live in condemnation. You don't live in guilt. You become free, free indeed. And you know, we've taught you that in portals. Free indeed means free in deeds. All your deeds become, you become free. Do you understand? Amen. Thank you, Father. Just raise your hands. I just want to pray for you. Lord, we just pray right now that as was what was laid down, now you would replace with the right model. Amen. The right visual, the right model. Lord, there has been spiritual deprogramming taking place tonight because you're, you're running out of our minds the wrong model. Yep. The Hollywood model has got to go. And so, Father, right now we just receive. For the married people in this room, we receive the right model. For the single people in this room, we receive the right model of what love and relationship 
and commitment looks like. Just raise your hands and just receive that now. Receive it. As your inheritance, receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Lamb of God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Precious Lamb of God. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Give it up for the Lord. Sign off of live stream. Give it up. Thank you guys for being on live stream. I was with you last night and I thank you with all my heart that you contributed to our home. I want to bless you with a prophet's reward because you made room in your house for the prophet. So... God bless you, Sydney, and every other country. God bless you guys. God bless. We'll see you next Get week. Get all those words come to pass Amen. immediately. April. Remember, April. Immediately. Yes, Christina's favourite word at the moment. Immediately. We love you. God bless. Good night. Now we're going to have an in-house moment here with our... If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the talk message of the week. We hope you were encouraged by this and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you have been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or your talk app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out talktv.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit talk.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for your every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until we see you next time, God bless.